Welcome to Salcedo Paranormal. It is Monday, February 27th, 2023. And today I'm covering paranormal news. As always, you can find all the episodes of the show, along with links to social media and other ways to contact me at the podcast page. And that is salcedoparanormal.podbean.com. That's S-A-L-S-I-D-O paranormal.podbean.com. Always happy to hear from you all, whether you have comments or questions or topic suggestions or stories of paranormal experiences, whether they're your own or from others that you trust. Happy to either read those or have you join me on the show to talk about them. And um, so the plans for the rest of this week is um, paranormal news today and then Wednesday and another um, <clears throat> true paranormal stories from the web tomorrow. And uh, on Thursday morning, Wednesday night, Thursday morning, I will be reviewing another Stephen King book. <clears throat> and um, I figured out sort of the plans for the, um, the the Thursday shows for a while, Wednesday night, Thursday morning shows for a while. I'm going to alternate between uh, covering different uh, figures and mythology from around the world and talking about the paranormal aspects of those figures and their stories and um so doing that whole thing and then um and besides that i'm going to start reviewing the uh short story collections of stephen king um because he has several and um so i think it'll be fun to uh go over all these stories um and it'll be easy to go over a few at a few per show, a few at a time per show, uh, and talk about the the paranormal aspects. So I'll be getting um the first of the audiobooks I need uh later on today basically and uh starting to listen to those and I'm looking forward to that. That should be a lot of fun. There's a lot of those stories I've already read. There's a lot I haven't and um so it it should be I think it'll be a good mix of uh, sort of ancient or older stories with newer stories. Of course, relatively speaking. <laughs> um, but uh, so yeah, that that'll be the um, the usual uh, plans for the Thursday shows, and uh, and that's not counting, of course, the monthly roundtable shows or any other special um, guest-based shows that I do. Uh, in those days, but uh, just um, just an idea of just to give you an odd idea of what's coming in the future for that. So um, I think with that, I can get to the stories here and uh, these articles. I've shared all the articles I have set aside for the show in the chat. I will get through as many of them as I can in this show, um, and uh, and then whatever I don't get to, I will save for next time, as I did last time. So, um, and of course I will include the links to the stories that I use uh, in this show on the podcast and YouTube feed episode descriptions. So, um, this first article is talking about a place that I think um, a lot of people that are into the paranormal will, will recognize once I say the name here. This is from uh, W.O.K. Sorry, wokq.com. 
And um, this says, the title is, One of the most haunted places in the world is in New England. And so they're t- what they're talking about here is, um, is the, uh, what do you, uh, I forget what it was. Uh, oh, the, the Lizzie Borden house. That's what it was. Uh, just literally slipped my mind. Um, and this, of course, is in Fall River, Massachusetts. And um, says that uh, according to uh, Travel and Leisure, uh, their, their poll that they did, or their, their um, list that they made of haunted places around the world, it says this allegedly haunted bed and breakfast is the site of a gruesome and highly publicized murder. It says, although she was eventually acquitted, Lizzie Borden was suspected of killing her father and stepmother with a hatchet in the unassuming home in 1892. And since then, guests have reported all kinds of strange sightings in the house. Um, and it mentions there are ghost tours and then overnight stays as well if you want to, um, to check that out. Um, but, uh, this case has always been, this case of this house, not even necessarily the case itself of the murder, but the, I've, I've seen a lot of, um, and, and heard a lot of stories about people that visited there. And of course, there's always the, um, the sort of energy that is left by the people that go there that either due to what they've heard or, um, through TV or through anyone, whoever was doing the tours at the time, they have this idea of that they basically know what happened. Um, and so they will ask questions in some cases and that lead to a certain direction. And, um, and yeah, as the, as the article says itself right there, um, apparently Lizzie was acquitted. So it's really makes me wonder, and I don't know all the details to that story in terms of how that went, if if it was likely or not likely that she actually did it. I don't know enough of that case, the details there, to um to say whether that that um trial went as as maybe it should have or shouldn't have, I don't know. But I think that part of the danger with these kind of places is People going in there and sort of, as always, uh, you have to, you, people that in some cases will go in there and be disrespectful, um, thinking that they know how things went. And, uh, and then when things happen that frighten them, then they just assume it's because whoever or whatever is there is evil. And um, I think that's a dangerous trap to sort of fall into, a pattern to fall into. Um, but, uh, yes, um, there we are. That's what, that's funny. I was just thinking, I was thinking of you, Derek, as I was reading that, uh, that article there. Um, but, uh, Derek mentions that it's on the edge of the Bridgewater Triangle too. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's one of those places, I think possibly similar to, I wonder if it's similar to any of those other places that we talk about sometimes where, it's famous for being haunted. And I'm thinking of, of course, the Myrtle's Plantation here, 
where if you look into the history of the place, it doesn't quite match up with the ghost stories, and at least according to some people. And I wonder how much of whatever is going on there, and at, then of course at this Lizzie Borden house, I wonder how much of that activity there is based on the energy that people leave there or generate there when they when they go there again sort of having a narrative in mind um beforehand and uh when maybe i think a lot of a lot of times um the thing that you might want to do just to be sort of fair to whoever or whatever is there as well as the people that own the place <laughs> um is just again it all comes down to being respectful and kind and um just asking questions in but try to make them um neutral or fair or not don't lead the conversation in a certain way if you can't help it um again i'm no famous uh investigator so i i <laughs> I don't do this all the time, but I've listened to plenty of shows, and um, yeah, I have a lot to. I, I think I've talked about it before already a lot, so I won't go any further than I think what I've just said. I think I've gone over everything I wanted to talk about there. Um, and really, there's not a lot more in the article about that place. It does go over some other haunted places, um, but I just wanted to bring that up because that's a place I've heard of where. Um, other investigators I've heard talk about it say that there has been there have been things done there by by other investigators that maybe weren't so um ethical in some cases. So um that's the first article I wanted to cover for today. Um let me get to the next one here. Thank you all for being here also. Um Yeah, the the town is called Fall River too. Synchronistically, yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you all for being here to listen, as always. Um, and whether you're listening live or you listen to the podcast or YouTube feeds, I never expect anyone to be here, honestly, because of the time that I do the streams and um, and just because everyone has their own things to do. So I always appreciate anyone that is able to listen live at any time. So... Um, Going on to the next article here. Let's see here. Um, close that. Okay. All these articles some uh, somehow fell into this category of um, sort of people having experiences and looking for experiences in places. So I thought that was kind of um, funny here. Uh, this next article is from GazetteExtra.com. And... Uh, the title of this one is Haunted Hunting. Team investigates unexplained sights, sounds at Janesville's Lincoln Tallman house. And I checked on this because I had no idea where that was. Apparently it's in Wisconsin, I believe it was. And um, also check out these articles because they all have pictures of places. In a lot of cases, they have pictures of the places they're talking about. Um... This one here has several pictures. So, um, this house apparently was the home of a prominent family, it says, in the 1850s. Um, and uh, the a, a group of uh, local 
paranormal paranormal investigators uh, that visited the place recently think may have they may have never left. So this um, this group is called called Haunted US, and um, while they were there investigating, they uh, reported uh, the sounds of piano music, and then saw shadows peeking over ledges and heard footsteps going up and down stairs. So it sounds like the place is active. Um, this goes into a lot of the history of the place. The um, it, uh, It's a good-sized article here. It says it was, um, it was built in 1855 by William Tallman, who was a lawyer and abolitionist from New York. And uh, so, and this was actually his second home that he had. Um, and apparently, since because of his being an abolitionist, an abolitionist, if I can talk, um, he has ties to the Underground Railroad. Part of um, the reason for the name of the house is, of course, uh, that Abraham Lincoln visited uh, in eighteen in October of eighteen fifty nine. Um, the year before he became president, it says. And the story goes, according to this article, that he was giving a speech and nearby. <clears throat> and, of course, William Tallman, the owner of the house, um, begged him to give the speech in Janesville, in, the, in this town where this house is. And then also invited him to spend the night. So, it says, years later, the last remaining member of the Tallman family uh, gave donated the house to the city of Janesville. That was in 1950 on the condition that it be operated as a museum. And I always love when, when they're able to do that, when these places, um, as long as they're maintained, when they're given to sort of um, local groups or government groups or that or historic, historical societies that can sort of help run them and, and maintain them. Um, and speaking of that, it says the house is now run by the Rock County Historical Society and located on the Historical Society's campus. I wonder if that means it was moved? Um, I always wonder how that goes. If when a place is moved, do, does energy, do, do spirits, if they're sentient, do they go with the house when it's moved? Um, or do they just visit? I always wonder what the the rules are with that. Of course, it's possible to know. Um, the investigator said that their um, they their findings suggested that there was a woman in white uh, that um, is believed to have been the Tallman's daughter, um, and she's uh, she's been seen says near what was her room, the, the Tallman's daughter's room. Uh, there's also been shadows seen in doorways. Wafts of perfume have been reported, which um, the investigators said may be tied to the Tallman family's uh, being involved in the perfume, perfume business. Um, now, the staff, the Rock County Historical Society staff say... They um, they think that the sound of the piano being played 
Winona is around is the same daughter named, uh, I'm not sure if this is a real name or a nickname, Gussie, um, who was a piano player and actually played for Lincoln when he was there. Um, mentions that down in the basement there have been reports of a grumpy man who doesn't like it when people crowd the canning room. Um, and different historical society staff there suggest that the, the man may have been someone that guarded a room where escaped slaves hid. So, um, the investigators also say that odd footsteps and sounds have also been reported in the servants' quarters and throughout the house. So there's a lot more here. Um, it goes into the investigation. But I think I'll leave you all with that, and you all can um, check out the rest of this article on your own. There's a lot more there. So a lot of these articles today are uh, good size. So that sounds like it's pretty active. Um, so, yeah. I love finding all these places just all around the, the world and the country. And um, just it seems like there are places like this that have reports of activity pretty much just everywhere. I mean, almost everywhere. Anywhere that there is any kind of human presence over time. It seems like um, the entire world has a potential for having paranormal activity. I don't like saying haunted. Necessarily, because that's 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 very much a been given a uh, negative um, meaning to it. Um, and, but I do think there's activity almost everywhere at one time or another. So uh, let's see here. This next article is from VicksburgPost.com, and. Uh, this title of this article says, Spirits of the Siege, Ghosts Haunting Vicksburg Long After Battle Ends. So, let's see here. Got to scroll past some pictures here. Um, this is actually about a ghost tour um, that is led by um, one of the people that they talk about in this article here. So let's see here. I, think I may have missed some text, maybe not. But um, there are. Let's see here. Yeah, there's. So um, there's a tour guide here that talks about. That basically shares a lot of the stories. Um, and uh, they're stories of basically. Let's see here. Footsteps um, all around. There's a uh, um, statue of of Ulysses S. Grant in Vicksburg National Military Park. It says that according to legend, um, the general and the horse leave their pedestal at night to ride along the uh, lines at the park. So... Um, I always wonder what's behind those kind of legends. If there is some kind of apparition that shows up that does that. Um, but uh, let's see here. So the uh, here we go. This is where I was wanting to get to. 
there is um, a person by the name of Gates who operates a seasonal ghost tour uh, business called Haunted Vicksburg. And um, these are booked through hauntedvicksburg.com and they take people around the city as he talks about the, um, the, the paranormal experiences people have had there. Uh, and he mentions that he's not a... I love this because he, he mentions that he's not a ghost hunter. He just collects stories, which is sort of what I like to do. I mean, I'd love to be, out, be able to go out there and investigate places all the time, but um, still, if I can't do that easily, then this is what I like to do here, is just collect the stories. So, um, mentions that the place has been around for <clears throat> many years, says over the course of two centuries, says that um, the, let's see here, it says, um, according to Gates, most old towns do have something to, uh, to it, I guess to them, I guess they mean, in terms of the paranormal activity. And, um, I didn't even look up to see where this is at, what state this is in. I'm terrible with remembering days. But, um, of course, they mentioned the the siege that they're talking about is um, took place in the uh, this campaign to capture the city during the Civil War and the 47-day siege that finally did manage to capture the city. Um, at that point. So it says, mentions the number of soldiers that passed there, um, but uh, people are reported hearing loud footsteps behind them, like a group of people approaching. Um, and uh, there are other stories about statues of um, figures uh, that appear to uh, bleed from from their their eyes, but of course, one thing this article points out, and I never thought of this before, is the uh, the possibility of that being some kind of a rust happening in there. I don't know how that works. The other thing that people are people say to say that they've seen there is uh, the the roads will glow at night. That's that has to be amazing to see that. Um, let's see here, the um. They talk about someone named Bess here, who is the executive executive director of the Friends of the Vicksburg National Military Park and campaign. Uh, said that locals have told stories of things they witnessed um, in the deck over the decades, and um, so the park says the park is now closed to public after dark. I'm wondering if that's a safety thing. But, um, let's see here. Okay, so, apparently, um, the, one of the stories is that if you pulled in front of the Pennsylvania Monument at night, and you, uh, your headlights hit the, the, the faces that were on the, this is where that, that legend comes from. If your lights hit the, the statues, um, on that monument, the faces, they'd appear to be, um, crying blood. But again, they mention here that, uh, 
uh, part of the possible explanation for that is just rust. I'm really wondering about that. Um, but anyway. So, they go into more detail about some of the other stories here and history. But, um, so, definitely check out that, uh, that article for the rest of that and go from there. And, uh, so yeah, let me see here how we're doing for time. And actually, we are just about out of time. So, um, thank you all for listening and for being here. And, uh, I will save the rest of these stories and include them in the next new show. Um, I'll be back tomorrow with True Paranormal Stories from the Web on the next episode of Salcedo Paranormal. Take care, everyone.